We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Okay. Hello, everyone. So what we're going to do this Sunday, we're going to use this as a kind of a, a processing, recapping, because the last three Sundays um, have been quite weighty subjects, and we wanted to give you guys an opportunity to process um, or even hear some other people processing. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to do a, a, a brief recap of the, uh, the last three messages, and then uh, Sally's going to come and share from her perspective, how she's processed it. We're going to have a couple of questions that have come um, for Avril to answer. And then we're going to hear uh, some different dreams that people um, have when, as, as we're approaching where God's taking us next. So, a quick recap. So, uh, three weeks ago, I shared um, on, under the title of uh, at the, Serving at the Pleasure of the King... Then John spoke about uh, family traits and uh, interpreting the vision. And then um, we talked about, when we did Breaking of Breads, the Holy Spirit search engine. So um, let's just have a little recap on that. So at the pleasure of the, uh, serving at the pleasure of the king, the point I was making, we're, we're designed to, to leave a mark. And in fact, God calls us to, to leave a mark. But often we find there's something that stops us. And that's because there's a cost to leaving a mark. And we're called uh, to serve at his pleasure and not at my convenience. We are to serve in the need and not just in my craft and the thing that I want to do. And we're called to present each other mature in Christ. Now, these things cost a lot. And that can always be a hes- it cause us to hesitate on actually trying to make a difference. But when we come back to remember the treasure that we have in him... That, that we, we decide that the cost is worth what we pay. And then as, as I went on, we, we talked about Hebrews 11 going into Hebrews 12, where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And you remember, we remembered, what is the context of that verse who are the people, who are, who's that crowd of witnesses, whereas the heroes of the faith um, that we see in the previous chapter? And so if we imagine we're in the middle of, of the, the pitch at the moment, the attention is on us, not only do we have family and friends watching how we live our lives, but we've got this great cloud of witnesses of saints and angels that have gone before. And so the question was, do you want your life to count for something? Is there something that we're working for beyond just feathering our own nests? And then there was an invitation to serve at the pleasure of the king. The following week, John talked about family traits. And he said there's something that that destroys and something that that builds family. And so we talked at depth at what gossip is. And we talked about the, the, the power of serving and loving each other. Um, we watched a little video from Back to the Future where we're saying, when you, when you see a friend heading towards a cliff, you're prepared to do whatever it takes to give them a chance. And that's what we mean in terms of 
uh, of correcting each other, loving each other enough that you would endure whatever it takes in order to be able to save that person from, from the danger they're walking into. And we also took a little bit of time to talk about discerning, discerning the spirit of things. Something that robs your peace, that undermines your, your confidence in who God's joined you with is an opportunity to say, okay, is that the right spirit that I'm listening to in this? And we're called to be able to discern between spirits. Then last Sunday, we looked at breaking of bread and the idea of the Holy Spirit search engine. And so we talked about using that search engine because God gives us his spirit to make known to us the things that we can't see. And we partner with the spirit in this search by we, we invite him to search us and we make a decision not to dredge, not to speculate and not to justify our position. We want the spirit to search us. The next stage in working with the, the Holy Spirit search engine, we have to respond to what he shows us. And that's about softening our hearts. That's about consecrating. Consecrating again is recognizing what behaviors and attitudes are now irrelevant based on the revelation that God's given us. And there was a, a, an encouragement to, if you've got doubts, if you've got concerns, bring them up. Let, let's put some light on them so that we can see either it's sin that's got to be resolved or it's doubt that there's nothing behind it that we can then move on confidently from it. And now once we've finished going through the process of letting the Spirit search us, we need to refocus on the great project. Going back to what Nehemiah said, I'm part of a great work here. I don't want to get distracted by other things going on around me. I want to be able to focus on what I'm called for. So that's a quick recap. Now I'm going to invite Sally to come share with us. Um, right, so I want to talk particularly about um, the session that John did where he talked about serving and gossip. And I have to admit to being a bit taken aback when he was talking. And I, I'm sitting there listening to him and then I realise that I'm putting myself in the place of other people here. And I can... I'm having this conversation in my head that's like, oh, gosh, this is a bit of a hard word. I wonder what people are thinking. Um, are they going to be thinking, we have to try harder, we have to serve better? Are they thinking he's saying we're not doing a good enough job? Are they thinking, oh, I'm not welcome if I don't want to serve? And... At the same time, I've got this voice in my head saying, well, I know that's not what he's saying. But it was like this real tussle in my head. And I was really surprised by the response in myself. And I'm questioning 
why am I feeling like this? So you can imagine that there was quite, it wasn't an easy word. I was sitting there and I've got all this, this stuff going on in my head. Um, and I'm thinking this shouldn't be, this isn't new. I've been in this church, apparently it's 33 years. I did a little tot up yesterday. I was a bit shocked, 33 years. But when I joined, one of the things that really attracted me was the way that people loved one another and that, that how that was expressed by serving one another. And I saw, I watched and learned as people set aside their own preferences in order to serve other people. And it was quite new to me. It was certainly different from what I could see out there in the everyday world. But actually, it was very different from what I'd experienced in um, other churches that I'd been part of. And I knew, I could see that it was radical and I could see that it was biblical and I really wanted that. And that is what I bought into at that time. So then I'm thinking, so why is it then that I'm having this tussle inside when I'm hearing John talk about really coming up another level in terms of our serving? And I think as I processed, I realised that I've started to settle for something less radical and a bit more comfortable. Um, something less like the thing that Jesus is talking about when he says we're to take up our cross and follow him. Or when he talks about how he wants us to love God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, our whole strength, and to love our neighbours as ourselves. And um, I think... Maybe just without realising, I'd started to accept that, well, you know, let's just kind of aim roughly in that direction. Um, let's, you know, be a good person. Let's be kind. Obviously, let's love people. But does it really need to cost me everything? You know, that, that pearl of greatest price parable that Jesus talks about? Do I really want to live like that? And I think that's been quite a shock to me, recognising that there's been that kind of just moving away from what God's best is. Um, and then as I've been going through this, I've realised how important it is to be processing this stuff. Because I could, I could have sat there and thought, well, I don't like this, I'm not listening to it. That's it. Or... Well, that's all right for everybody else, but mm, I don't think I'm going to take this on board. So there's lots of things that, you know, we can do as we listen to people bringing God's word. And I think, for me, I've just realised how important it is. I've got to start to grapple with it, and obviously that starts in my own head and at my own heart first. But it's really important to be processing with other people. So I've been having quite a lot of conversations with friends and... Um, you know, I think it's important that we, we work out together what does this mean. What's it mean for me? What's it mean for us? Because if it really is about I've got to try harder and serve better, I don't think that feels right. Um, so I was having a conversation with someone who came back for lunch that day, and I said to her, what did, what did she think? And she said, yeah, that was a hard word. And I said, what do you mean, hard? And she said, well, it was quite a weighty word. It felt very serious. And she said, if I, if I was interpreting it through the lens of how I used to be, 
I used to be motivated by um, anxiety and by trying to please and trying to please God by trying to do things better. If I was interpreting it through that filter, that, that wouldn't be good because I would just think it's about I've got to try harder. But actually I realised that God has brought me into a place of rest and if I'm going to process it through that filter, he wants me to be in a place of rest through him. He is going to enable me to do all that he's called me to do, but starting in that, that place. And it was a really helpful conversation and really confirmed to me how important it is to be working this through with one another. Maybe none of you, maybe you don't relate to any of this. Maybe it's just me overcomplicating everything. But I kind of suspect that there might be a little bit of this going on for some of us, even if it's not exactly the same. Um, we've also been processing some of it in the youth Bible studies. And um, Zach, are you available just to come? Yeah. It's very, very quick. We, we've been looking at passages which have just happened to fit with a lot of this stuff. Um, and the question that we always end with is, if this, if this word is true, what might it mean for you? Is there anything that might need to change for you? So, Zach, can you just talk about that particular thing? Yes. Um, we were discussing what was on our hearts from it, and I kind of felt, felt the idea of serving and being on time for things there's a lot of things that I can turn up on time or like five minutes late that kind of communicates a lack of eagerness and care for what I'm doing and especially in youth leadership kind of help set up the team when you're there on time before and just communicate I'm here I'm willing to do the things and I'm part of this team I'm not just serving underneath someone yeah, and then you said you felt like God was saying, get there early. Yeah, get there early and, and just do that bit more and don't be, don't be selfish in my time. And, and, uh, and what would that communicate to your team leaders if you were to get there early? Eagerness and, and care and um, a, a sacrifice of my own time. Yeah, and bring an encouragement mm. to them. Thanks, Zach. So that's, it's a small thing. It may not be, right, I've suddenly got to go out and find a new way to serve God. It may well be that, but it might be just that adjustment in our attitude that we, you know, we get to places earlier and we ask God to help us really communicate that eagerness. So I think for me, as I'm processing this and as I'm hearing God's word come, my dream is that as a people, we will be more joyful, more eager that we will find an energy that God gives us to serve one another in a way that really communicates love. You know, that, that um, thing it says in... I forgot, I haven't written down the um, reference. But by the way you love one another, all people will know that you are my disciples. And I think that's what God wants. And how exciting will that be if people who don't know him look at us see the love that we have for one another that is expressed through serving and empowered by the Holy Spirit, that communicates his heart. And I think we will see an even greater harvest than what we're seeing at the moment. So, yeah, that, I'm sure that's not all the processing I'll do, but I, I hope that kind of shows where I've been on going in, in, this, in this journey 
Um, and I just feel excited. I don't feel a sense of, oh, no, we're moving into a more difficult phase. I feel excited because I think God is taking us on an adventure and he's equipping us. to use this. Sorry if that complicates things. So my task is three minutes to answer four questions. I might go over slightly. So um, some of you have submitted questions to us with the questions over the last time and actually some of it is already Sally's covered so that's handy. So question number one. Is serving confined to kids work? It's not, it's not up anywhere is it now? Is serving confined to kids work, youth work, Worship team or set up? I kind of hope not. But the reality is, there are some stuff that's got to be done. Now, who in their household puts out the bins? Who in their household enjoys putting out the bins? Do you know, I live on my own at the moment and I still fight with myself. I still put a wee bit more in the bin, thinking somebody else is going to empty it. I think I can get that. I think, oh, I've got out to this. But now it's even harder, because it's fuller. It was easier when other people were living with me, because then they would have the really overfull bin. I still have the overfull bin. Do you know, there's certain things in life we don't really like doing, but the amazing thing about serving is it's not about tasks. And just as I was asking this question, God brought me back to John 13, where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Now, I used to see that as Jesus' object lesson. I am now going to show the disciples how to serve. But it wasn't. When I read it again, it was his genuine expression of love for them. And then he says to them, you know, that's all I'm asking you to do. Do this for one another. Because in the whole of John 13, 14, and 15 is all about God's love for us and what he's done for us and that his Holy Spirit is with us so that we can know his love and express his love. It's mind-blowing. So serving is just an expression of love. It's if I want to love you, I will find ways of blessing you practically. I've just taken two children out to children's work. There was not a bunch of people in the corridor going, all right, get in here. I've got 40 minutes, got cover with these kids. No, it was people who were excited to see the children, wanted to spend time with them, and were going to enjoy this next 40 minutes. That is blessing your children. That's what it means to serve. It might involve a ministry team, but it's from a basis, like Zach said, of blessing and showing care to the other people in the team, and actually you, because you can hear what I'm saying, because somebody got up at seven o'clock this morning to get this ready. So how do we, number question number two, how do we balance serving with only doing what the Father gives us to do? Now this question is based in, I guess, fear. What if I start to serve and then I'm asked to do everything? I only want to do what the Father gives me to do. And you know, the reality is, as we choose to surrender our lives to God, he does help us know what he wants us to do. It will involve sacrifice. You know, you go back to John 13, 14, and 15. Jesus says, 
If you're willing to lay down your life for one another, that's love. But that doesn't mean exhaustion. It doesn't mean serving nine million things. It means the joy of saying to God every day, like Leonie prayed in her testimony last week, God, what do you want me to do today? And he'll show you. And he'll equip you to serve and bless. I was unwell last week, and I phoned my friend at 10 o'clock at night and said, I, I really was quite unwell. When I, I know when I get like that, it can get quite serious. I said, you couldn't just stay over, just in case I have to go to hospital. And they came, and that's all I needed them to do was just sleep in the spare bedroom just in case there was a crisis. But actually what they did was they stayed up and they held the sick bowl and they supported me in the thing. They didn't have to. It was just that sense of they were there. They decided to give themselves to care for me that night. Somebody else just turned up with on three nights running meals. They didn't have to. I could cook. I wasn't that ill. But it just said to me, do you know, when they're cooking their dinner, they've just thought of me. That's what serving is. That's the nudges God will give you. And it's incredible if we choose to start living like this. It's always about serving people. It's not about serving some inanimate, weird, on-group church. It's about us as people. And the third question was, what if I don't want to serve? Well, just ask God. Ask him for his love. And you will find it will be expressed in ways of serving. And just finally, the last question. There's a, quite a lot of conversation going on about when is it gossip and when is it processing? Now, I am a verbal processor, and I don't even know what I think until I start speaking. It just, I need, to, I need to speak to get it out. So when I'm concerned about something or something's not making sense to me or somebody's done something to me that's not like, I have to process it. I have to talk to someone to say... This is how I felt. This is what it did. Now, if I talk to Jamie and he said, you know, when they said that to me, I felt like that too. Or, yeah, you're right. That's not okay. And there's no point in going to talk to them because they never listen anyway. But if I talk to my faithful friends, which I thankfully have, they say, all right, yeah, this bit was okay. This bit wasn't okay. But what are you going to do about it? And how are you going to sort it out with them? And how are you going to go back to them and resolve this thing? And I'll tell them how I'm going to do that. And they'll say to me the week after, how did that conversation go? And I'll say, oh, I haven't had it yet. And they'll say, you have to, Avril, because you've told me now. So you've got to go back and sort it out with them. So gossip is when I want to get Jamie on my side, when I want to vent my spoon, when I want, to, I want him to agree with me. This was terrible what happened to me, and they're bad people. But processing is about as being faithful to each other to resolve any issues that we might have. Does that make sense? Cool. Slightly over three minutes. Let's just give you guys a couple minutes after hearing the, the recap, what Sally said, and now Avril's answers to those questions. Just have a talk with the people next to you. What are you hearing? What's God saying to you at the moment? Give you a couple minutes for that.
Okay, right, be wrapping that up. So, if you've still got questions or doubts or concerns, we still encourage you, look, get those things resolved. I'd had a conversation with a couple of people um, a little while back, and for, for one person, there was issues that needed to be addressed. For someone else, there was the shadow of an issue. But when we explored and we looked at it, they realized, yeah, there's, there's nothing that needs to be dealt with. But just the fact that there was the shadow there, it blunted their, um, their urgency to live the way that God's called us to live or help others to live the way God's called them to live. So as we went through that process, and they said, you know what, there's nothing I've got to actually deal with. My belief is it then makes them more uh, determined, more confident in the things that God has called us to live by. So we, we do encourage you to continue to do that. At the end of the um, family traits uh, session that, that John, John spoke of, right at the end, he took a time to say, what, what are our dreams? And when God kind of calls us to reevaluate or to step up in, in a way of, of living... I don't think that's just because God likes to see us sweat. I think it's because God's got better stuff for us. And I think now's the time where God's beginning to say, look, I'm calling you to such a pure way of loving each other because I want to make myself known by the way that you interact with each other. I think there's an opportunity to dream. And I'm going to recap the things that, that John listed out as his dreams and then add a few other people's dreams into that. But this is an invitation for you guys because you're all part of us catching God's mind together. God is taking us as a community somewhere. Over a year ago when we came up to the, um, the, the Covenant Meal, the big feast, we said that God wants to take us from that slow train, uh, the slow bus, on the 86 route, where you can get off the bus, walk up to the next bus stop, and get back on the same bus because the, the bus goes so slow. Right now, what God's calling us to is a faster way of living, a faster way of moving. And you heard that in Sally's reaction of, oh, this feels a bit fast, this feels a bit intense. Yes, it's because God wants to do something incredible amongst us. And I want to be part of that. I want to serve at his pleasure. So let's remember some of the things that, that John, John said when we came to the dreams. So those that are going to be stepping up and responding to this call will experience a paradigm shift in what it means for the spirit within to break out. We will see the gift of the spirit building up the church and also filling those outside the church with awe. Words of knowledge and miracles as signs and a greater ability to live the life that he's called us to. Anyone like that? Does that sound good? Does that sound what we want to be part of? More lives transformed. We hear the story of Dave and Tracy and Steve and, and Connor's testimonies, the recent ones that we've heard. I want more of that. I want to see people experiencing the power of God and seeing their lives transformed. 
I think there will be a case where you don't want to join this community lightly. It's not easy to be part of this, but yet there is something so great that these people here have got that I want to be part of it. In Psalm 110, verse 3, it talks about your troops will be willing in your day of battle. So when God is on the move, we will be running with him. We'll be part of stuff. There will be an energy amongst us for whatever God puts in our way. Whether that's times of corporate worship or if it's prayer or setup, we are on it every time. When he moves, we move. It's not, oh, I just I need someone else to warm me up or I need a better song to sing. No, God's on the move. I am on the move. God will be made visible by the intensity with which we love each other. Imagine that. People watch the way that we interact and think, there must be a God. There must be a God. Because I've never seen love like this. Just like those, those early reports of the early church. Oh, how they loved each other. How they loved each other. I want people to say that when they look in on us. We'll live as if God is actually here. We will serve him. I won't just be doing a task. We'll never be in a situation where we're, we're saying, oh, this is what I fancy doing, but I just put a God label on it. God, God's asked me to do this when it's not. We wouldn't dare do that. We're experiencing such a joy in what he has for us to do because we know that he's smiling upon us. All the time, we do things because his, his smile is on us, not in order to earn his smile. We're able to settle issues with him and not have to load it onto everyone else around us. And people amongst us will find their identity in him. It doesn't matter if I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. Either way, whatever I've got, I want to serve him with everything I am. I won't let those things, personality traits, hinder me from serving with joyful abandonment. Here are some other dreams. This one's Anthony shared with me. There'll be a greater boldness and adventuring spirit, especially from newer people. There'll be a strong work of reconciliation, reuniting families and healing broken relationships that we'll be surprised by what God has for us. A different trajectory, not simply a continuation of the one that we're on. Anyone got any broken relationships that God wants to heal? What if we became a place where people walked in and just saw hope for the restoration of relationships? Elspeth was saying, God would respond to the epidemic of loneliness by allowing people to come into our sphere When they do, they will experience a love, acceptance and friendship which they have longed for but never received before. This will cause such stark transformation that onlookers will be stunned. The public health system will be asking, how is this change possible? And we can speak of a king who has loved us. And his love has, because his love has transformed us, 
a lifting of the veil, an opportunity to see there's a God behind this. But imagine that. Health system coming to us to say, how has this person that's a, that's a patient in our system been transformed when they've never been transformed with all of our interventions over the years? And we can say, we know a guy that hung on a cross 2,000 years ago, and that's what's changed our lives, and that is what's changing the lives of these people. What if that is something we get to say and people are listening to it? Where is God taking us? What's he going to do for us? These are the dreams that God would have us think about. Mark, you're going to come share your dream. When the question was posed to me, what was I mulling over, what was I chewing over, um, a little illustration came to mind. So I've got two willing volunteers, one called Elliot and Penfold. Come to the front, gentlemen. You see, we can come here week on week. We can listen to people talk. We can catch a bit of God's revelation. But I think life at the moment, or life in the recent times, has become making things easy, making things very palatable. And it's almost like we water down some of those words which God brings to us, which should make us go, that caused the reaction in me. Rather than it just being something we can drink down, think, oh, that was refreshing, and zip off home at the end of the meeting. So we have this wonderful thing called lemon squash. It's always a fairly full bottle in my house. I don't think people like it, but I quite like lemon. Gentlemen, I know you're best buddies and best friends, so you won't mind sharing a cup. Have a little swig of that. <coughs> Taste it. It's not poison. Good swig. Nice big gulp. A proper gulp. Pass it to your friend. Is that nice? Yeah. <laughs> Is that palatable? It's lemon squash. Nice big swig of this as well, please. Same squash. Nice big gulp. <laughs> big swig. Is that nice, gentlemen? Not very. No. And yet it's the same drink, isn't it? You see, Jesus, when he spoke to the crowds, when he spoke to his disciples, he sometimes brought really harsh words. It wasn't palatable. The Pharisees hated what he said because they thought they were right about everything. And this guy that just turned up and made stuff really, really unpalatable. Let's not be a group of people that come together and just want stuff watered down so much that we can tick all the boxes, go home, and think that's what life is like. Is that really picking up our cross? Come with the expectation that when you come into these meetings, when someone is prepared and they're going to bring something, that it's going to cause a reaction in you to change, because that's what it's about. 
It's about unlocking what God wants to say to us. And so I don't want everybody happy and glee and, oh, that was a nice word this morning. I want people to go home and grapple with it and think, that's difficult. That requires me to pick up my cross. That requires me to really chew upon it. That requires me to open it up with a friend and say, what did you think about that? So I have an expectation in the next short while, we're going to start having words that cause us to go, let's not be those that just want to drink milk. Because I want meat. I'm a meat eater. And I believe that meat's always available when God speaks. And we can choose to rely upon milk, or we can choose to say to God, you know what? I want some meat. Where's the meat for me today? Thank you, gentlemen, and I hope that helps. So, an, an invitation, a dream of the concentrate, that we would be taking the concentrate, because God's got something that he wants, to, he wants, his word is active to transform us. Why if we took to the word, believing it's going to transform us? And yeah. Sometimes it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, but it's all about unlocking something more. Uh, Neil also shared a, a picture this morning with me, so I wanted him to share that as well under the dreaming section. Hi, everyone. Um, just this morning, as I was walking uh, to, to the building this morning, I was struck by all the cobwebs uh, around me uh, that have been invisible. And I felt God was speaking to me through it. Hoarfrost was showing up all the cobwebs all over the place this morning. Invisible threads of yesterday were made visible by the action of the frozen dew. At first, I wondered if this was a confirmation of the word that Mark's brought to us about bringing things to the surface. Uh, but there was such beauty in the patterns, I felt there was something more. And then I saw something new. I think we have seen him show us some things that have been wrong and needed correction. But I think this is a season of revelation and we should be expecting him to be bringing things to light that are beautiful. Invisible threads of love and serving that hold the body together. His work in our community around us, much of this is unseen, but God is saying we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So... Hopefully that's given you some, some different things to, to think about. I think as we're, we're closing, the, the, what I want you to take away really is, okay, from con continue chewing over what God has been speaking to us about in the last three weeks. Is there anything that you need to resolve? Any relationships you need to see restored? Any doubts that you've got that you want to shine some, some light on? Continue to do that. That's all part of, of what God's saying to us. But we don't want to stay in that place forever. We want to be quick and respond to what God shows us. Let the Spirit search us, deal with it, so that we can get back on to the purpose that he's called us. I am part of a great project. I won't come down from it for anything else. So then we can begin to focus, what is this dream that God's got? And I want you guys to be dreaming and sharing with us those dreams. I'd love to hear what God's saying. You can email me. You can e email Avril. She gave an email address last time. So if, if there's dreams that you've got, be throwing them in. Let's catch God's mind together. James.
you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.